Welcome to the last part of this episode of Conversations with Partner Leaders. So going further into the conversation, you were starting to do it. I was picking it up, but there was so much other meat around being a sponsor. And when you're in these conversations, what I heard you doing is when you hear the comments going subjective, you're asking, do we have evidence of that or a lack of evidence of that? So what else do you do in that sponsor role? You made a comment about not fixing the people, but fixing the process. Yeah. Um, and we, we I learned this in like bar razor interview training um, and people would like read my feedback from, from interviews and say, like you, this is like something you thought. Can you give me evidence for that? And so that um, always started me thinking when I, you know, when I meet someone, I have first impression, mm. uh, and then it's like, well, let me let me gather data points. If I were to explain my first impression to someone, um, let me gather those data points, and so then it goes from like a strategic problem to a defect reduction problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like, oh so-and-so is not good enough to get promoted. That's a sort of strategic problem, an amorphous problem. If we turn it into a, hey, that person needs to talk more at at meetings because that's where the senior, that's where the VPs interact with them. Uh, They need to um, be able to present. Okay, well, let's schedule a presentation in front of a room full of people. Um, Anyway, these are things which we, we we can fix, but if we just get to people's feelings, we're never going to be able to uh, change those. So we have to dig into that. And, and, you know, one of the things I started doing is I'd often have, Hey, you know, I thought we were going to promote her to principal. Oh, well, you know, someone had negative feedback. I'm like, well, who, you know, some guy I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you put the document together and I will read the feedback because I am the person responsible for confirming or denying promotions. Uh And so you need to bring me the data so I can make good decisions. It's not this rando guy in a different organization who has some negative experience. It's not his job to promote people to principal. It's my job. And so what I found is you had this infant mortality where you'd never get to the, again, never get to the starting line. Wow. You, you never get to the point where uh, I or other call them high judgment individuals could make decisions looking across, you know, 10 people's feedback or five people's feedback plus a body of work. And so um, I think that's one of the most important things we can do. It, and you can do it as like forward-looking promo documents or, you know, let me review a list of the people who were close, but we're not going to review. And th- there are different mechanisms you can put in place. But I think it's very important to look upstream because you get a lot of um, candidacies never making it to review. Wow. I got I to gotta absorb that. Hang on. All right. So would you... Ah, here we go. So this is thanks to your friend. You connected me with a a (laughs) childhood friend of yours. And it was so, it was wonderful talking with her. And one of the things she said is we need, we need more people like Dave who who think this way. So help me, because what you just explained, I got one take on it. This whole idea of there's, it's, we're not getting to the starting line. How else for somebody listening to this and realizing, you know, I've, I've gotten higher in my organization. There are people I, you know, there's talent I want to help here. How else would you help them see the, not from the starting line forward, but these, this process of getting somebody to the starting line? Yeah. And I think uh, it's different for every, you know, whatever level you're at. You know, when I was at the VP level, it was very easy for me to say, 
hey, this is my calibration. We called it OLR. This is my OLR. These are the things I want you to bring to it. Um, and you can do that like directors, you know, fairly senior folks uh, have their own uh, calibrations, review, promotions, reviews, and so on. And so probably the simplest thing you could do is ask for who are we going to promote six months from now? Oh, nice. Okay. And then audit that list. Wow. Hang on. Let me make sure I got it. So that, that you would refer to that as upstream. Was that kind of that? Yeah. Okay. So if we're looking at who might we promote in six months, this same thing feels like it's going on is instead of giving somebody candid feedback at their performance review, you're doing it ahead of time. So if yep. we're looking at who's a possible candidate here, and if there are holes or it's squishy or it's unknown, we can do something about that to strengthen that. So when they get to the starting line, they go. Yeah. And, and we had an example at one of my um, calibration reviews or promotion reviews where no one in the room, except for the person's manager who was presenting, none of my directs had ever had an opinion on that person. Mm -hmm. And they were being promoted to senior manager. And we we're like, we don't know how to make a good decision aside from this document. And so um, what I did is I uh, had one of my lieutenants said, hey, you are now the sponsor for this person. In six months, when we go to promote them, um, I want you to have a point of view. It can be positive or negative, and I trust this person implicitly. Um, and so at least we would have one more person in the room who had an opinion. Because the worst thing, especially as you get to higher levels and you have panels and all these you know, blockers to promotion, you want to you want to make sure that people like that that people who don't know the person are not mm -hmm. making decisions about them. Uh, you'd rather have people who know them making decisions about them, along with high judgment individuals who can give guidance. And so you make sure it's fair across the organization. And so by doing it within the organization, whether you're naming it or not, you're causing those leaders at a low at level, levels below you to almost embody what you found works. Yeah, and and um, the, you know the guy uh, who I assigned as the sponsor for this person, I came back and said, yeah, I never, I didn't, I didn't know him. I had a bad impression, but I, you know now that I've spent time with him, I think he's great. Wow. And I think the things he were doing doing are you know somewhat misunderstood, but like overall they're the right things. And so you can set up these advocacy chains, I guess you'd call it. That's good. That's good. Uh, but, but you know, the sponsorship, the idea of sponsorship came from Grace Hopper, probably the same year I saw you there. Oh, wow. Is that like being a mentor is, yeah, come talk to me. Tell me about your problems. And, um, you know, I'll give you some advice. And it's sort of transactional. And a sponsorship is much more longer term. And it's like advocacy, advocacy by design. You know, we have a lot of, we try not to be advocates in many ways, right? We want to be fair to everybody. Right. Um, and, and I think, especially with uh, groups who are have not had it fair for a long time, like push, putting your thumb on the scale, uh, it's the right thing to do. We're preparing for landing here, Dave. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I have a question that I'm going to ask you that others have asked. But I am moved, and I get a little emotional about it, for some reason to ask you if you would share again about your dad, because I think it's a lot of this comes from who he was and, and how he showed up as a leader. So whatever comes to mind, I'd love to have listeners hear that. All right. I might get emotional too. I don't have my glasses. I'm water with you then. <laughs> um, so my, my dad was a university administrator 
and eventually went from chairman to dean to provost and eventually to president. Um, and I think I think he had many, many of the challenges that uh, of executive presence, which took him longer to get there. Um, but he was, uh, you know, he was in charge of selecting deans when he was the provost. That was one of his main jobs. They all worked for him. And, uh, you know, if he didn't have a if he got a, a slate of uh, non like of non-diverse candidates, if there were no women and no minorities, he would send it back and say, you, you're telling me uh, out of you know, because they do nationwide searches, uh, you know, out wow. of all the chair people in the country, you can't find one woman or one minority who would um, would fit this role. And so he'd send it back. But he also had many people he mentored over the years. And anyway, he passed away uh, almost 10 years ago and they ended up doing the um, the eulogy, the memorial service in the basketball stadium at, at uh, University of Nevada. And I was like, that's what I want. <laughs> I, you know, I want to start thinking about what my legacy is and like, will, will I have enough people to fill up an arena for my memorial service? And so that's been part of this is like, you know, for many years, I was like, how do I get promoted to senior manager, then director, then VP? And after that, there were kind of no promotions left. Um, I guess SVP, <laughs> there, there are a few promotions left. Um, but then you start thinking about how can I give back? Mm. And, you know, and how can I build, you know, how can I build relationships that are deep and long lasting? Um, and, and, and this is one way to do that uh, with people who you work with. And, you know, they come work with you. They can graduate. I call it the Dave Click Development Program. They can graduate from that. Uh, and then we say exporting talent. And, you know, one of the things I found is that I would I can build an organization where I'm comfortable with everybody around me and I'm investing in their careers. Um, but at some point, I start saying, okay, I've got everything like I want it. Status quo, I don't want anything to change. That's like red flag, danger sound. You need to start kicking them out of the program and sending them on to the next thing. And so I ended up funding... With my my staff, I ended up, you know, funding I think six different VPs uh, and CTOs at Amazon and elsewhere. And so, you know, that I started counting not my career progression, but oh, you that's know, counting great. the number of people um, who you know went on to new things and and succeeded in their career. And so, and and so, thank you for sharing about your dad. And I'm appreciating because you know he was a generation before you. And there, there's more available. There's more awareness now. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. You search the whole country <laughs> and the, it the, it just doesn't go look again. And just yeah. that, you know, trusting that intuitive sense of and that you have become your own sort of man like him around developing people and doing this. It's like you're passing on your DNA when you pass it on to more leaders and they they do more about in this in this way. So it's it's wonderful to hear. It's just wonderful well, to hear. Thank you. So um about to say thank you to you. Any last things in the time that we've been talking that have come up to the surface that you'd want to add or call out or well, I was just gonna say that um, you know, while this is, you know, this can seem altruistic as we talked about this, it's very pragmatic. Because um, if you believe, which I do that the people that you surround yourself are going to make you successful both at work and outside of work, that um, recruiting becomes a number one priority. Wow, we we okay. used to call it, um, we have lots of P1 priorities. This is our only P0 priority. Mm. Like recruiting is more important than everything else. And you know, if you get a reputation uh, for developing mm. people's career, help them get promoted, help them be successful, being a great teacher, um, 
because you are one, right? In order to get that reputation, you have to do it. If you have that reputation, it becomes much easier to attract talent. Wow. And so that's the pragmatic side of this. So, so let's say somebody listening to this is like, geez, I wish I knew it. I wish I knew Dave Click. How, what would you suggest for them to help them find a mentor? What, what should they look for? What to be aware of? How to be responsible for being a mentee? What, that's, that's our ask Pat question. How would I do that? Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, look for someone you respect okay. and you look for someone that you want to emulate um, and, you, and, you know, not too far above your level. Okay. Right? If you're a okay. manager, maybe a senior manager or director, but you probably shouldn't go to the CEO and say, I want you to mentor me. You got any free um, time. <laughs> right. Um, and, and then sort of be a good mentee, right? Which is, show up with, what does that look like? Yeah. Show up with an agenda. Um, send notes afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the folks I met with who I, who I had known through LinkedIn for years and turns out we work together now, you know, oh, wow. he had questions for me and there were a bunch of them were like, you know, I, I'm stuck at this level. I want to get to the next level. How should I think about that? Um, and then the next day I got a note from him saying, thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Here are the four bullet points I'm taking away. I'm going to build my plan and I'll send it to you. And that makes me feel heard. Um, because I talk to people, you know, I talk to sort of people that I meet on LinkedIn or people I meet through the company every day. And, um, you know, often it's once, uh, but, you know, you start building a relationship and, um, someone told me this and I forgot her name. Um, but she said, that's how you start building a relationship, sort of ask for advice, help execute oh, on it. Okay. Like, because I, I can give you advice and I can give, uh, Lucy advice, I can give whoever advice, but it just is like screaming into the ether if you don't don't listen. And so the people who I enjoy advising, and I was an advisor to um, a startup and they came and said, you know, how do we deal with working capital? And I said, marketplace terms, you know, consignment. And they came back in a month and they're like, oh, we moved all of our vendors to consignment. So we don't have working capital problems. We have this next thing. And so that's a that's a company that and a, and a couple of guys I want to invest in because they're actually listening to what I say. And I think if you ask leaders broadly, they would say that um, the number one thing that makes me want to interact with with a mentee is that they listen to what mm-hmm. I tell them and then execute on it. Cool, so it's it's in a way having the courage and I, I love the um, one, two levels up. So it's not too much of a stretch and the, the um, really what you're saying is your time was put to good use and this is what I did with it. And that feels really good if you're a mentor. Yeah. And, you know, as I would, I would guess that anybody who's been successful in their career and reached sort of director level or VP level is happy to help others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the endorphins and like you get to do it's podcasts fine. like this and like, it's just all goodness. Um, if you feel like you're actually helping. Right. And so like the gift you can give back to a mentor is to give them the feedback that, yes, uh, you told me X, Y, and Z. I tried Y and Z. They worked. Um, I didn't try X, but I'll do that next time. Uh, or it's not for me, but, but having a feedback loop so you don't think you're screaming into the ether. Cool. Well, thank you, Dave. That's it for our conversations with partner leaders. I want to thank the, lead- the listeners who have been with us. And Dave, if somebody wanted to find you, where would they find you? 
Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I just broke, I think, 26,000 followers. My goal is to get to um, 100,000 <laughs> and be a LinkedIn influencer. So we'll see how that goes. Sweet. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. That's it for this episode of Conversations with Partner Leaders. Once again, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to Pat on LinkedIn, email us at info at patkirklandleadership.com or visit patkirklandleadership.com. 